Our first reading is from Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 34, and it's when Paul and Silas were in prison. It's on page 1,122. Once, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and they said, these men are Jews. They are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown in prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up. And when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought that all the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself, we are all here. The jailer called for lights. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptised and the jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. And now our gospel reading is from Luke chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. It's on page 1044. 
Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is it to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the Most High because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Amen. Oh, let's pray, shall we? Father God, we need all of your help so very much. These passages are so challenging to us. To love our friends is easy. To love those who hurt us or are our enemies is so much harder. So Father, we pray for your help. Give us listening ears. Enable me to say the words that you want me to say this morning. Amen. Amen. So good morning, everybody. How exciting to be here again. The last time I was here, we had a lion. And just to let you know where he went, any guesses as to where he's gone? He's he's, he's in the loft. (laughs) We managed to squeeze him or encourage him up into the parish hall loft. So in case you need a lion one day, just come and ask me. (laughs) So I was in a garden centre last Saturday, and I was choosing a new rose bush. It's my wedding anniversary this weekend, and um, I think Peter was quite relieved when I asked for a specific gift. I said, would it be all right if I had a rose bush as an anniversary present? I think he thought, phew, I don't have to choose something and think... Will she like it? Or what if it's not the right kind of gift? So I found two beautiful rose bushes. Um, I love roses, especially if they smell really good and look very beautiful. And these roses are from the two bushes. These two. And I cut them off the bushes on Saturday and they're still standing and they still smell pretty good. I was praying that the petals wouldn't fall off before today so that I could show you them. So, 
I'd worked out where I wanted to put them in the back garden too. Exactly where. There were two gaps where there weren't any interesting plants. And um, when I stand doing my washing up, it's just there where I can see them. So I thought that's exactly where I want to plant them. Fine, we bought the roses, we drove home. I thought, I'll plant them quickly. It won't take very long. I know exactly where, it's fairly cleared. So, I got my spade out to dig a little hole. The trouble was, the spade wouldn't go into the ground. Okay? So I thought, okay, it's not the end of the world. I've got a fork that's got nice pointy bits. After half an hour with the fork, I went to get Peter and ask for some help. I'd only got about this far down and hit stones and gravel and all kinds of things that it was really hard. Peter said, no problem. He came back with a hammer and a kind of decorator's chisely thing. And he started hammering to try and get through this ground. After about 45 minutes, we were still not much further. He said, I need a bigger hammer and I need a better chisel. So we went to B&Q. <laughs> Joe, I'm leaving all of these in the way. And we found this hammer and this chisel. And I thought, we'll be fine now. Trouble was, after another 45 minutes of an hour with this, we're still only halfway deep enough for me to plant these roses. So he decided, I think we'll need to hire one of those pneumatic drill, kango hammer things. So we haven't planted the roses yet because we're waiting for that moment when we can hire it and then plant these roses. Haven't quite given up yet, but it was hard. This hard ground really struck me. I was thinking, why, why God, why is it so hard sometimes to do the thing that we want to do? It can make you want to give up, perhaps. He did say at one point, shouldn't we plant them somewhere else? I said, but I really want them there, right where I can see them. So, yes, that hard ground. Now, sometimes tough things, hard circumstances, can make you want to give up. Can make you feel a bit, oh, poor me. Why did this happen? And I've had a bit of a week this week where I was quite easy to let myself wallow in some self-pity and say, why, God, why have you let this happen? And I've been reading this Paul and Silas passage for a number of weeks. And it's interesting how different moments, different bits jump out at me. And the bit that was really jumping out at me this week was the bit in verse 23 and 24, or 22, 23, 24, when the crowd were attacking them verbally, when they were severely flogged, stripped, beaten, didn't sound great. And then they were thrown into prison. And on top of all that, they were put in stocks because they had to be severely, carefully guarded to make sure that nothing happened. 
And then the bit that says about midnight. I was expecting it to say about midnight. They were struggling to sleep and in a great deal of pain. And it doesn't say that. It says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Wow. They weren't sitting there, poor us. Hasn't it been an awful day? It didn't go to their, things didn't go to plan for them. And sometimes things don't go to plan for us. Or my plan. They don't go to my plan and then I get annoyed. But actually, they show us an example of what to do when things don't go the way we thought they were going to go. They fell into deep worship and they concentrated on the only one who matters. The one who really, truly loves us. The one who saved us. The one who gave everything for us. The one who would have sent Jesus to die for us, even if we were the only person on earth. God alone is in control of this universe. And even when tough things happen, he is still there. And all we need to do is to run into his loving arms. He will meet us there. He will bind our wounds He will comfort us. He will strengthen us. And I think Paul and Silas would have needed significant comfort and strength at that moment. They had each other. That was a bonus, perhaps. But they would have been in a lot of pain. So there was a great power at that moment with the worship and the prayer. The presence of the Holy Spirit was with them. And it brought about much good Out of so much pain, there was so much good that came out of it. Because they were in prison and they were witnessing to a load of prisoners. That was brilliant for a start. They were reaching out to fellow prisoners. They were showing compassion where they were, wherever that day happened to be. And that day they were in the prison. While they were focusing on God and worshipping, There was an earthquake. I wonder who sent that. They were free. The doors were open. Everyone's chains fell off. Not just theirs. Everyone's chains fell off. Quick, guys, make a run for it. Oh, no, sorry, that's not the plan. We've got some compassion here for our jailer. He's going to be in great trouble if we all leg it. So, um... This jailer, we don't know if he was the one that beat them as well, or whether he was just the one that put them in the stocks. The jailer feels like his life is no longer worth living. The prisoners he was in charge of are sure to have made a run for it. But amazingly, these wounded servants of Christ, and it sounds like the rest of the prisoners, in the dark, no less, shout out, we're still here. Don't harm yourself. Then the the jailer calls for some light. Let's put some light on the situation. Oh, okay, it's not quite so bad after all. And the jailer's life is transformed. Because what is it he says? 
Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Suddenly he's aware that he needs to be saved and these are the guys that can bring it. So he's not only is he saved from not doing his job properly and letting the prisoners escape, he's given full salvation to know Christ, to be fully healed. And finally, after all of that salvation is brought to the whole family, then the wounds are washed and the guys are given a meal. And things are a bit easier for them, perhaps. Not for very long, I don't think. Now, these events tell me a great deal. We don't generally, in Downend, face floggings. Thank goodness. Now, Mary Massey will surely tell us about Open Doors and the amazing work that they do for those Christians who do face that kind of persecution. And there's a monthly prayer meeting where they pray very specifically for Christians who face that kind of difficulty. But what do we face? What challenges? Maybe there are upsets in families, upsets at work, upsets with neighbours, medical challenges, marriage challenges, challenges to the way we spend our time, and challenges to how we react when things don't go the way that we want them to. They don't sound the same as being flogged, but they can hurt, or they can frustrate us, or they can rob us of sleep. Paul and Silas have taught me quite a lot about worshipping and praying in all circumstances. And I remember very much when Barbara stood up in the church and shared a testimony about being awake in the night and praying and meeting Jesus. And you know, whatever the challenge is, even if it's at midnight, we can still pray and praise God. And it was very brave of Barbara to stand up and share her testimony, but it had a big impact on me and I think on a lot of others. So for me today, that hard ground took me on a bit of a journey took me on a bit of a, a place. And yet there's something beautiful that's come out of it. Not only those roses that will eventually be planted, but the kind of the strengthening of us, the strengthening of us all in those tough times to stand up for Christ, to witness to those around us. That's what Paul and Silas did. They witnessed to those around them. And that's all that Father God calls us to do. So can we pray now for strength to react to each day's troubles in the way that Jesus would have us react? Father, we commit ourselves to you and we ask that you would help us to be as Paul and Silas were. To react in prayer and worship, to run into your loving arms. Thank you for your hands which are forever outstretched to us and that you will comfort us and give us your peace. Amen.